Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter six called Holy, Holy, Holy. Ever been in a church service, you gone, you've gone home and you watch something on the media or you see some behavior. Did you all hear about the reporter from CBS in Egypt who was treated the way she was? And you look at humankind and you go, are you kidding me? How evil, how dastardly. What would cause a human being to treat another human being that way? And I think that's what Isaiah is saying. He says, not only am I unclean, but I live among a people of unclean lips. I mean, some of you who work construction or you're in different companies, you know what it means to be among a people of unclean lips. I mean, how many times a day just in our city do you think the name of the holy God of the universe is taken in vain? How many times a day do you think his name is taken down to the level of a four-letter curse word to express disgust the god that gave us life and that's what we say about him see isaiah isaiah sees it he sees that not only does he need to be touched but his generation needs to be touched he sees the problem the problem is our lips but it goes much deeper than our lips because our lips simply testify to our heart for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks my lips can say one thing, but my heart can be far from the Lord. And that's what Jesus said. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But these people don't even honor God with their lips anymore. They're not even trying to fake it anymore. And boy, is that happening today. We don't even try to cover it up. Chris was uh, preaching last week on a chapter that says we call uh, evil good and good evil. We don't even know how to blush anymore. We don't hide it anymore. And Isaiah says, this is the problem. It's our mouth. Our mouth needs to be touched. And cleansing is a part of commissioning. How many of you can say that your mouth has changed since becoming a Christian? Now, we were listening to a speaker over the weekend. He was honest. He says, sometimes bad words form in the back of my head. Most times they don't come out as a Christian. (laughs) But sometimes they form in the back of my head. Amen? We all got to be honest, right? We're imperfect people. And sometimes they form in the back of our head and they slip out. And that's going to happen as a Christian. But the more your heart is consecrated to the Lord, the more your mouth will be consecrated to the Lord. See, we need a touch from the Lord. And the, the coal from the altar, the burning coal comes uh, through Uh, held in the tongs and it touches Isaiah's mouth and notice what it says, it touched my mouth and he said, behold, this has touched your lips, your what? Iniquity is taken away. Taken away is verbiage of the sacrifice. This is verbiage of the scapegoat. The, The root idea of the word forgiveness means literally to send away. That's what it means. Did you know that? That your sin has been sent away. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God, what? Removed our transgressions from us. He's cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. 
right? And they are sent away. And the angel is giving us a picture of the cross here, a picture of Isaiah's own personal day of atonement. Before you can be used, I must touch your mouth. Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm only a youth. I don't know how to speak. And God said, I'll put my words in your mouth. Moses said, how can I represent Pharaoh to you? I don't know how to speak. I'm not eloquent. God said, who made the mouth? I'll touch your mouth. Some of you have used the excuse, maybe. I'm not eloquent. I don't have the answers to all those deep theological questions. I can't speak well. I think God may be saying to some of you, I'll touch your mouth. Will you step up? Will you say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Is the us the Trinity? Quite possibly. The angels are there as well. And then I said, here am I. Have you done this? Send me. To be honest, there's times when as a pastor, as a man that's sometimes called into very difficult situations, a man that sometimes is called into a funeral of a person I barely know who died under very uncomfortable circumstances. And sometimes I'm waiting to speak at things like that and I say, Lord, why are you sending me? <laughs> Everything in my flesh does not want to speak in this situation. I don't want to speak to, what do I have? It would be so much easier to sit in the back row tonight and let somebody else do it. Look, I have moments like that all the time. Or the Lord's given me a message in a place that you're not supposed to preach the gospel and I know he's spoken to me and I'm about to go up there and everything in my humanity says, Lord, send somebody else. And then the Lord reminds me, no, there was a time, Michael, when you saw me and you said, here I am. Send me. You did say that, right? Oh, yes. I remember that, those moments. Lord, I want to be the man. I want to represent you. I want to be your spokesman. Where? Anywhere. Okay. Not just in the pulpit of a church with a bunch of people you know? Yeah, I think so. How about a, in a hut in Nepal when it's 120 degrees in a newspaper church and they give you hot tea to drink when it's 120 degrees. And you shouldn't drink the water anyway. <laughs> you know Montezuma, right? And there you are. And you've got a translator that everything you say, no matter what level you say it at, he says it way up here. They say, the Lord loves you. You're like, what did I just say to these people, you know? For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Will you say it? Here I am. Send me. Or will you say, Lord, I have the perfect person in mind for this job. I just wish that they were here to hear this message. Because if they were, I know you would speak to them. And he said, go and tell this people. See if you'd like this job description. Keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. He sends the prophet to tell them that they won't listen. Strange mission. I've come to tell you that you're not going to listen to what I'm going to say. 
Have a nice day. You sign up for that work? And then you go to the next church. I've come to tell you that you will not listen to what I am about to say. And then you go to the next church. And the next. You see, a lot of people like to stop at verse 8 because verse 8 leaves you with some warm fuzzies. But I have to tell you, verses 9 and 10 are quoted at least five times in the New Testament, both by Jesus and Paul. You will go to this people and you will say, keep on listening, but you're not going to understand. Keep on looking, you won't get it. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, their eyes dim, lest they see with their ears, hear with, uh, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and return. Here's what God wants to do. If they just return, I would what? I would heal them. And so the prophet asked the natural next question. How long, Lord? <laughs> Wouldn't you be asking that? How long am I supposed to do this? So I'm supposed to go and tell them they're not going to listen. How long? How long will they not listen? How long is this going to last? And God answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. And the Lord has removed men far away. This is the language of both judgment and captivity through Babylon and through Assyria. And the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land, yet there will be a tenth portion in it, a remnant, 90% will not remain, and it will again be subject to burning, it will burn again, even the remnant will burn again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump, and there's a promise that out of the stump, after the trees cut down and burned a couple times, a little root, a little stem will begin to grow. It'll be from the stem of Jesse. And it will be the Messiah. You can look at Isaiah 11 and look at Isaiah 53. And I told you that the New Testament quotes from Isaiah 6, 9, and 10 several times. I want to show you those times and we're done. Go to Matthew 13. First Jesus, Matthew 13. Disciples had a good question. He told a lot of stories and they wondered about it. Especially because the stories weren't always overtly clear, at least to that group. And so in Matthew 13, 10, Jesus said these words. All the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Matthew 13, 11, and he said to them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance But whoever does not have even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them, Matthew 13, 13, in parables. Because while seeing, they do not see. While hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. Being fulfilled. Which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. And with their eyes they scarcely hear, with their, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and return, sound familiar? And I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%. And because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do. And it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you? If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them, Matthew thirteen thirteen in parables. Because while seeing, they do not see, While hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their eyes they scarcely hear, with their, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return, sound familiar? And I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. Why did only one in four receive the word and bear fruit? We just got an explanation why. Because people have hard hearts. And they are told, go to the book of Acts. And they are told, and they are told, and it is dangerous to keep the gospel at arm's length as you sit week after week under the teaching of the word of God. Have you seen it before? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get around to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heard it, preacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. I go because... Grandma and grandpa go. I go because mom and dad go. And you keep it at arm's distance. And you say, I'm not going to let it penetrate. Not going to let that seed really get down. Not going to let it bear fruit. And eventually, that gospel that has power to transform now begins to do something else. Guess what it does? It makes you harder and harder and harder. Because he who's often reproved and does not repent and bow, he will be broken in that without remedy. The same gospel that melts 
hearts seems to harden others. I don't know, it's a mystery, but I'll tell you this. If people sit and they are unresponsive, I'm not talking about genuinely wrestling with questions and waiting until you truly sense the Spirit of God converting you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about playing the game. I'm talking about being a Judas. I'm talking about being around teaching and miracle and seeing it and having it bring you to the point of tears and then saying, I will not. And at some point, there can be a dangerous, dangerous time where all of a sudden there's a point that you can come where you no longer can let the word penetrate. I don't know how that works out, but it can be a dangerous thing. Go to the book of Acts. When they had set a day for him, for Paul, they came to him at his lodging in large numbers. He was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God trying to persuade them, Acts 28, 23, concerning Jesus. Acts 28, 23. He was trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses, from the prophets, from morning until evening. And some, Acts 28, 24, were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. And when they did not agree with one another, they began leaving After Paul had spoken one parting word or shot, the Holy Spirit rightly rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to your father, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing, but not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return. This is language of prodigal. Return, come back, and I should what? Heal them. And let it be known to you, therefore, that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will also listen. Something has happened. There's a group of people called the people of the Lord, and they don't hear. They seem like an impenetrable shield. Do you have someone like that in your life right now? They seem like they have a deflector shield up when it comes to the gospel. And you go, dude, you can't see that? You don't see what I just pointed out to you? And there's one of two things going there. They don't, either they don't understand it or they don't want to bow to it. But either way, the deep truth that's going on is it's an issue of the heart. Isn't it a mystery why we got saved? I mean, you may have been sitting somewhere and The only reason you were there is because someone dragged you in there kicking and screaming, right? And all of a sudden, it hit you. And then you went, no, I didn't want this to happen. No. I made fun of those people. Those born again agains. But now something's happening to me. My heart is changing. I've had a moment in what seems to be a normal building with a bunch of people that you'd see on the streets and all of a sudden in the year that so-and-so died, I saw the Lord. I've seen him. What do you do after that? I'm going to go back to my old life now. You don't do that. Once you see the Lord, you say, I'm undone. And God says, good. Now you can be redone. Amen? 
See, he doesn't just undo you to keep you unraveled somewhere in a pile in the corner. I'm undone. Okay, good. It's just the way I want you. No. <laughs> no, he unravels you to make you again. He undoes you to redo you. Have you experienced it? I know you have. It's pretty good, huh? A little painful at times. But the benefits are incredible. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your love, for your holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's amazing that you put up with a bunch of us, Lord, in light of who you are. But you also have a sense of humor. You made us the way you did. You made us in your image. So we get a little glimpse of at least some of what you're like from seeing each other. That's amazing. And one day we will see you face to face. But we've had some glimpses, Lord. We see in a mirror dimly, then face to face, but we see, still see dimly, and we, we see incredible beauty and glory. And we're in awe that the one that Isaiah saw, high and lifted up, the one who was being praised by angels, and the altar was there, and the coal was brought to touch his lips, that one left heaven and became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amazing. Amazing love, how could it be? That the one that Isaiah saw was the one who became the Lamb of God. And he touched my life with the blood of sacrifice and sent my sin away. The Holy One of Israel became a man, became a baby, took my shame at the cross, bore my sin in his body. How can it be that that glorious one in heaven became the lamb? That is amazing love. And when we have that perspective, we are blown away, Lord, that that's the God who became a man to love me into his kingdom. And all we can say is, Lord, thank you. Here I am. Send me. We ask this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Holy, 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 Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 6. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we would love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend that you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the bottom line is that the angels never cease to sing, holy, holy, holy. You know, uh, when we think about God, we can... We often hear people say God is love and that's true or God is truth and he is the God of truth. But when the angels sing to him, they sing about his holiness. What does that mean? His aboveness, his glory, his majesty, his power. These are the things that are being conveyed in the idea of holy. His weightiness, his beauty, his splendor. Well, here we are. It is December 23rd and that splendor came down in the person of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with 
us. The glory came down, housed in a little baby who grew to be that man who was the light and is the light of the world. Well, it's Christmas Eve tomorrow, and I pray that you'll be uh, finding your way to a Christmas Eve service to celebrate the King and to honor uh, his birth and to look forward to his second coming. And uh, if you would like to join us at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, we do have a single Christmas Eve service happening at 5.30 p.m. The church is right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue, and I'll be preaching that service. And uh, we'll be talking about something related to the beauty of the birth of Christ and who he is and all of that. And so if you want to find out directions and you'd like to bring your family out for a Christmas Eve service, you can go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab, walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. Uh, just so you know, the, the church is in Corona right off the 91 freeway, just a little bit uh, west of the 15, so that right around that area. And if you'd like to join us, we would love to have you. Again, walkintruth.com, click on the church tab. Well, tomorrow we'll be getting into Isaiah 7, and as the Lord would have it, we'll be dealing with Emmanuel, God with us on Christmas Eve, the prophecy, the famous prophecy, part one in Isaiah chapter 7. I look forward to meeting you right here. Lord willing, God bless you. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's Christmas Eve teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, called Emmanuel, God with us. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.